0: in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Wow. I want to ask you if you take your Bibles tonight and turn to Psalm 34. I probably preached from this psalm as many as any psalms I've, I've preached out of, but to be frank with you, there's probably not a psalm that, that speaks to my heart like Psalms 34 and I go to it and, in times of trouble, more than any other any other psalm. And I just want us to go back and I want us to look at it. I want us to think about it. I want us to apply it to our life. Maybe tonight that you, you, you need to have this upon your soul. I know recently I have. Folks, it's tough when, when God sometimes just peels back the layers and shows you things about yourself that, you know, you've kind of tucked in there. And when that happens, it's not easy. And, uh, you know, I think about Isaiah when he saw the Lord where he says, oh, woe is me, I'm undone. I have unclean lips and I'm, I live amongst the people. And um, I have unclean lips. And I just pray that, 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 that we can just take this wherever you are. You apply it in your life. I want to read tonight Psalms 34. Let's all stand together as we read this psalm. And I encourage you to to take it and make it a part of your your devotion, your memorization, and and, and just just really tuck it away within your heart. David writes this at um, a time that, that, that he was on the run, and I'm going to be speaking about that in just a moment. Tough time in his life, but listen to what he says. He says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked into him, and they were enlightened, and their, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him or delivered him out of all of his troubles. I always love this verse. The angel of the Lord encampeth about them that fear him and delivereth them. Isn't that good news? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want or no lack in them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, he that that may see good? He said, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. He keepeth all his bonds; not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of a servant, and none of them that trust him shall be desolate. God bless these words and, 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 and the preaching of these words. God, touch our hearts in Christ's name. Amen. I was reading this afternoon. I, I, I had an illustration, but I, I, I pulled it up and I, I wanted to read the the story. And so, uh, in the old Anglican journals, I was reading about a missionary by the name of, of, of Alan Gardner. Um, he lived in in the middle of the eighteen hundreds, and it's interesting about this man that 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 he always had almost, he's almost adventurous in spirit when he was a little boy. That his mama had put him to bed, and she heard something rustling in the bedroom, and went back in the bedroom, and he was on the floor. And when she was asking him why did he get off the bed on the floor, he says, "You know, one day in my travels, I'm probably going to have to sleep only on the floor." That one day that he would be a he'd be a captain of a ship, but 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 most of his life was served as a missionary. In the latter part of his life, he, he served in 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 South. Of, of South, in South America, on an Lyle and outside of South America, and he just went through tremendous pains, tremendous sufferings. And even during that time, he, he, he wrote, in spite of all his trouble, while God gives me strength, failure will not daunt me. I will not fail in what God's called me to do. But in 1851, he died. He died of disease and he died of starvation because of the bareness of the place that he lived. You almost think when you when you when you when you hear about Gardner, and and then where where you you read these passages where where where, where God's going to provide the need. But I I think for Gardner, his need for God was much more than that physical need. God provided every need because when they found his body, they found his he fa- they they found his diary, and within his diary, this man that had 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 literally starved to death and and died of disease on the mission field, wrote these words. I'm overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. There was no complaint, no whining, no grumbling because of a circumstance, but just overwhelmed with the goodness of God. I want to be in that place. And I think David had found himself in that place. Because David was, was facing probably the most tumultuous time in his life. This man that had already been as a child or a or, or early teenager, maybe had been anointed to be king by by God through Samuel. But now it was just just because he did what he was asked to do, he was. He was on the run. He was, he was running from his, for his life from King Saul, who was so jealous and so angry. He had left his wife. He had left everyone. And he had gotten to such a point that he had to go to, 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 to Achish or Abimelech, the, the, uh, an enemy king, to ask him for help. But once he got there, he realized he was in such a dangerous situation, he literally had to act like a madman. He began to allow himself to foam at the the, the mouth and scratch at the doors like a a guy that was just delusional. And the king says, get this guy out of here. And so they ran him out of the king's court and out of the king's palace, and he went and found a a cave of Abilene. And when the whole world seemed the darkest to him, that's when he wrote this psalm in the deepest, darkest part of his life. And and, and wow, what type of encouragement has God used this for in the days to come? And I want us to stop, and we want to talk about that, and and where where David, in, in this deep, dark time of his life, was saying, let us just praise the Lord. There's power, folks, in praise. I want us to look at that tonight. And I want us to examine that tonight and, and really begin to stop and just sit on these words and think of these words, even if we, you don't get very far in it. But, but let's just see, first of all, where, where David is talking about the time of his praise. And, and I just want to stop because this is something that recently has just grabbed my soul. When, God, when David said these words in the deepest, darkest hours, when, when he said these words, I will bless the Lord at all times. Why don't you sit there and, and repeat that over and over and over and over again? I'm going to bless the Lord when at all times, all times. Not when times are just going good for me. Not when, when, when I'm hearing the people's praises. Not when I'm defeating the giants. Not when I hear everyone say that, that David's killed ten thousands. Not when, when, when the prophet has anointed me to be the future king. No, I'm going, to bless, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to bless God at all times. And, and I think that word is very interesting, that, that, that word for blessed or baraket, the, the root of that word means to kneel. And then, then later it began to come to mean, because that's how you, when, when you really pray something, you do it on your knees. Because you're showing adoration. You're, you're lifting someone up while you're down. And that's what he's saying here. You know, I just want to lift God up. I want to bless God. I want to, I want to praise God. And I'm going to do it at all times, even when I'm hunkered down in a cave um, with, with, with a madman trying to kill me. I'm still going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord. I want us to praise the Lord. At all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth or on my lips. Man. Again, as I just begin to think about that and write, as I've shared, you know, David was saying, you know, I'm going to bless the Lord when I'm running from a life, when I seek Help from my enemies when I act like a madman, when, I, when I'm living in hiding, when I'm constantly fearful for my life. How does that transfer to you and me? I think that transfers by you and me is when we say, you know, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to praise the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm, I'm going to praise the Lord when, when, when my life is falling apart. I'm going to praise the Lord when my, my children are living in rebellion. I'm going to praise the Lord when when I lose my job. I want to praise my Lord when when I receive that bad news that I didn't want to hear from the doctor. Because David says, I want to praise the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord. I want to show adoration to the Lord at all times. And his praise is always going to be on my mouth. Man, folks, we, need to, you need to, we all need to chew on that, don't we? Right. Because it's so easy. When our life begins to go sideways, or get turned upside down to entertain the spirit of complaint. Right. And, oh, woe is me. But David says, I'm going to let myself go there. See, that's our flesh is speaking out is when we, we allow that that spirit of wine and, and, and complaint to come into our lives. But how do we do that? What's some of the conditions? How, how, how do we get ourselves in that position where we can do what, what David's saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. You know, you, 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 you think about what Paul writes in Ephesians five twenty when he says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for what all things. You know, I think, I think God, that we serve a God that's just wiser than you and me, a God that sees the picture... More than you. I mean, you see, when, when, when you and me are going through troubles, when you and me are going through situations, all we can see is where we are at that particular time. All we, all we can understand is, 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 is David. David was holed up in a dark cave with a, with a wild madman trying to, 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 to kill him. And if David allowed himself to only look where he was right then, boy, his misery could have overflowed. But obviously within that cave, David was saying, you know, God, I don't know what's going on here. I don't even like what's going on here right now. But you know what, God? You're still God. And you're still good. And so, God, I believe that that, that you are powerful, that, God, that you have a purpose, that you have a plan for me, plans of peace and prosperous. And so, God, I'm going to praise you. God, I'm gonna, I know that you're going to use this thing for your glory in my life. God, so therefore, I'm going to even give you thanks. I, I always love, one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture is found in, 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 in Acts. When, when Paul and Silas had been thrown into prison and, and they'd been beaten unjustly, and they were thrown into the bottom of the prison, and, and the Bible says at midnight, While they were in the bottom of that that Roman prison, they were having a little prayer meeting. They were singing psalms and praising God and rejoicing. And everybody heard them. As a matter of fact, it sounds like God got so excited, he just shook that place and an earthquake occurred and, and the chains fell off. And that was the night the Philippian jailer ran down and said, God, Guys, what must I do to be saved? Whatever you've got, I want me some of that. Right. They were just praising God. Regardless of their circumstances. And, and, and is that within us naturally to do? No. In our natural man, we, we again, we want to complain and we want to, oh, woe is me. But, but folks, that's in that spiritual realm that we tap into the power and the glory and the knowledge of God and knowing that the God is bigger than all of our problems. And David says, I just want to bless the Lord at all times and that his praise will continue to be in my mouth. I got a lot of work to do in that area but listen to what he begins to say that the focus of that i want to jump down to verse the verse three where, where, where he where he says these songs and he says these verses He says, oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together you know when we begin to praise first of all what we have to do is begin to focus our praise focus on on, on his person and not on our problems David was in a heap of problems. David was in a bad situation. But David chose not to focus on the situation. He chose to focus on, 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 on God Almighty on his Lord. When he says, "Oh he says, "Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together." Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the great God whom we serve. And I'm telling you, that changes things. I think we've all been around folks, and folks, we've all been there, I've been there. You know, you're afraid to ask someone how they're doing because all you know is you're going to get a whole wheelbarrow full of woes and oh And I've been there. Matter of fact, I, a few weeks ago I, I found a guy on Facebook an old buddy of mine. Been years ago when I was still at, at another church and going through a terrible time and we went over to see him and I thank God for him because he allowed me to dump my junk on him for about three hours. And probably when I left, he says, man, it was good to get that rascal out of here. He was smelling up my place. And I thank God that he listened to me. But I, I, I wrote him and just apologized. I said, I'm so sorry. You know, I wasn't focusing on the Lord at that time. I was focusing on me and my heartache. Let's focus on everything that was happening to me and all the the mean people that were were attacking me. And it's easy to get ourselves into that place. But David says, I'm not going to go there. Man, when someone's around me, even if I'm in the midst of woes and pain and sorrow, I'm not going to tell them about my. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Oh, magnify the Lord with It's not about me. It's about God and, and magnifying. I, I used to I have a, a guy in a, again in another church. He was a he was a different little bird and um and um he you know for some reason he got this idea of magnifying. I don't know where he got it from. You you can't magnify God. He's big already. And you know he he I said, he did he misses the point. We know that God is 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 all powerful, all knowing, all present. I mean, God is God. They're, they're, you you can't make God any bigger than he is. But you can within people's sight because there's, I love a, the name of a book that was written many years ago. That's called "How Big Is Your God?" Because your God is only as big as you can see Him. And and when you begin to understand that, there's a lot of people that serve a little God in their mind out there. But you know, when you when you as a kid it fascinated me. You'd do science classes, look through those. Those microscopes, or something like that, and or, or or you know, you get outside and look through a telescope and see the moon. How you know that that little dot in the sky gets so big? It's the same size, but it, but your vision is corrected to see it for what it really is. And I think that's what David is saying. We need to help people correct their vision of God. We need to magnify God. We need to tell people what God's done in our life. That's why I love to hear testimonies. I love to hear people stand up and tell you, I want to tell you how big my God is. That when my life was falling apart, God got into my life and he changed my life. What you're doing then is you're magnifying God and for people sitting out there, you're, you're showing how big your God is. That even in my circumstance, that God is bigger than my circumstance. And that's what David is saying is, is we need to focus on, on God the person and not on our own problems. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I think it's good. Folks, that's why we one reason we need to come together in corporate worship. We need to worship the Lord together. We need to stand together and tell people, let me show you what God's doing in my life. And we need to encourage one another and, and lift one another up. And there's, there's power in corporate praise. And that's what David says. Let, let us exalt his name together and we also need to when we we think about and focus in our praise we need to focus on his faithfulness and not on our fears Listen to what he says in verses four through six he says i sought the lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears man i sought the lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears what are you afraid of You know, I think all of us have fears in individual places. You know, there's some things in my life I'm not afraid I mean, I'm almost not afraid of to to be dangerous because fear is good. I mean, if it's it's done for protection. But there's some things that that don't bother me a bit. But there's other things that just grip my soul. And they absolutely keep me from what God wants me to really do. And we all, we all struggle, I believe, with certain types of fears within our life. We have to be reminded that that God is not the one that has given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a silent mind. And and, and fear is a tool of Satan that he uses against us to keep us from accomplishing God's purpose and will in our lives. It had been very easy for David to absolutely be consumed in his fears because Saul with, with Saul's army, a mighty army, was, was chasing him. But he says, you know what? I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Then in, in verse 5, he, he says, they looked into him, and they were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. And, and, and who are they? I think it's the people that are seeking God. They, when, when you begin to seek him, your face just begins to, to radiate. And you're not ashamed. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God and the salvation. I think about Peter, you know, this this man that that, that that told Jesus, I'll be willing to die for you. And then the night that Jesus was being tried, that, you know, a little girl came and scared him and he ran away and he cursed Jesus three times. And this is the same man that stood up on Pentecost and just boldly preached God. That David, deli- I mean, God delivered Peter, out of all of his fears. He says, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And we have to, to remember what, what God, again, spoke to, to, to Joshua and the people of Israel. Oh, time after time after time after time after time, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, isn't that good? I I just remember as a child, my brother Tommy was eight years older than me, and I, I really thought he was the biggest, baddest thing in the whole world. And as long as I had Tommy by my side, there wasn't anything that I was afraid of. Because he was bigger and badder than anything. Yet Tommy was a, a man just like me. But the think that we've got, the God of heavens, spoke the universe into place. He says, I'll be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. i want to tie this into the next one where we need to focus on our deliverance where he says in verse 7, he says, Man, and I love this verse, The angel of the Lord encamps about them that fear him and delivereth them. Same idea. Another very favorite Old Testament story is about Elisha. It's it's a cool story because the king of Syria was trying to to attack the, the king of Israel, and every time he tried to attack him, it's like Israel knew exactly where they were going to be. And so, you know, every time the king of Syria would come in, the king of Israel would just, just just out maneuvering him and everything. And, and it was so bad that the king of Syria thought that he had a spy within his camp. He says, one of you all are telling the king of Israel everything I do. And one of them guys says, finally spoke up and said, no, there's a guy by the name of Elisha that he can see everything. And they says, you, he says, you need to get rid of that guy. So he sent a whole army, and Elisha and his servant was in a a town called Dothan, and he he sent his whole army to go surround Dothan. And a little servant came out and looked and, and, and said, man, master, Elisha, they're surrounded. Man, we are done. I love what Elisha said. Fear not, for they that are with us are more than they that are with them. And it says he opened up the servant's eyes and he saw the chariots of fire all around. Isn't it good that we can say that there's more with us than than they, they have with them? The angel of the Lord encamps about us. And God loves you and me. And that's what David, I'm sure within his mind, that although the army of Israel, the army of Saul is pursuing me, I'm holed up in this cave. The only people that are with me are a bunch of vagabonds and, and, and people that are in just as much of a mess as I am. But, you know, I don't have to worry about it because I'm on God's side. And, wow, what a difference that, that, that allows us to see and, and and when he when he says this, that we need to we need to go back and remember and just oh just remember how good God is. Because when he says in verse eight, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him." Can you remember that first day you met Jesus? just how sweet it was oh how sweet to trust in jesus just to trust him at his word the sweetness of knowing jesus and i think that there's times we forget just how good god is that, that, that I think there's times we need to stop and and, and set everything aside and, and try to go back to that moment and just say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord's good. There's nothing better. As bitter as the world is, there's nothing sweeter than Jesus. And David is just reminding himself that if I'm going to praise the Lord at all times, I'm going to have to continue to remember Jesus how sweet he is. And I'm going to have to tell others, I just want you to taste and see how good God is. I think we forget that sometimes. And his provisions. Oh, fear the Lord, ye as saints, for there is no want, no lack in them that fear him. I think it's very interesting as we read this we we almost want to just you know grab hold of well, that means God's going to meet every physical need we have. <laughs> what about that missionary that died of starvation? You know people people will use verses like this to, to and then point out what 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 about what about that 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 daddy in Iran that that might have been crucified or beheaded because of his faith. Where's your good God now? Where's your God that's supplying all his need? Folks, there's greater needs than our physical needs, and that's our spiritual needs. And David knew that no matter where he was, God was going to meet him where he needed him the most. And, and, we, we can trust in God, and that's why a man such as Gardner can, can say, you know, I'm overwhelmed by the goodness of God, even while he lay starving to death. Or a man can kneel on the beach and say, if you recant against God, then we won't kill you. And he can say to himself, oh, taste and see, even to the people that's executing taste and see, The Lord is good. You see, when God gets us to that place in our life, we forget about the the physical anymore because then he's got us locked in on the spiritual. And God will provide for those needs. He says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And he will care for us. Just think of his care. Peter said these words, casting our care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. And we can can be assured of that. We can just cast all of our cares on him. Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and I'll give you rest for your souls. And Jesus said, Put your yoke, put my yoke on you. I'll pull your load for you. You just follow me. I'll take care of you in your weariness. And David is saying. In verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all of their troubles. Man, the Lord is not, Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart and saveth such as a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivereth them out of all out, out of them all. He keepeth all of his bones, not one of them is, bru- um, is broken. Isn't it good that God hears our prayers? <coughs> when God hears our cries. And wouldn't you agree that some of our greatest prayers are in our times of brokenness? Our greatest prayers are the times that we don't have you know, all we have is God. And we just have to stretch out ourselves toward them and just say, God, if, if, if you don't step in, I'm shot. And know that God hears our prayers. See, when that begins to happen, that begins to transform us. When we begin to, to change our focus and begin to see God in, 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 in that type of way, it begins to absolutely change the way we, we begin to see the world. And that's why David back in verse two said these words. He says, "My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear it thereof and be glad. My soul, my inner being, I'm not boasting anything about me because one thing about brokenness that God uses brokenness to get rid of me. And, and, and so my soul, I'm not going to boast about anything I've done. I'm not going to boast in any of my accomplishments. I'm not going to bla- boast in anything that, that I might think was good or, or any of my righteousness. I want to boast in one thing. I want to boast in God. I want to boast in Jesus Christ. Because I don't, I don't want people to even see me. I want to see people to see Jesus Christ. And, and that's what David is saying. This is not about me. It's about God, and it's about God's glory and that my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. That if I'm going to brag, I'm going to brag on Jesus Christ. I'm going to brag on the cross. I'm going to brag on the goodness of God. I'm going to brag on, on the great God whom I serve. It turns our attention from ourself and onto God, and it turns our thoughts from negative to positive, and from deception to truth. It just reminded me of a verse the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians. When he says, be anxious or don't worry or don't care for anything. It's tough. I mean, I mean in practical. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Be, be careful for nothing. But then he says, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God. And what did he say? With thanksgiving. In everything, give thanks. Even in our anxiousness, even in our worries, give thanks. And then he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. But then he doesn't stop there because there's, there's, a, there's a connector there, and a lot of times we, we disconnect these. But then he says, therefore, my brethren. Do you remember what he says? Therefore, my brethren, whatsoever things are what? Are true. You see, there's a lot of times that our pain and our troubles begin to, we, we begin to follow down trails of deception where God doesn't love you. God's not really good. God's not big enough to help you out of your problems. But we need to get back to truth, dear friends. If you want to be anxious for nothing, if you want to to, to let your request be known to God, and you want to do that with Thanksgiving, then you need to focus on the truth. And you need to get back to the God who is truth. And, And what that begins to do is turn other people. When they begin to see your faith and see you begin to magnify God, can you imagine what that did to that group of people that were gathered around David that knew the the dilemma that he was in, and he was praising God? Just like Paul and Silas when they were in the bottom of that prison. One of the interesting things about that story is is when, when when the gates opened up, none of the prisoners left. They were all there. Because all they knew is whatever was in that jail cell, they wanted to keep. Their, they wanted to stay there and get them some more of that. And, and there's something powerful when, when, when somebody is going through trials and tribulations, and they're just praising God. And, and 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 he says, you know, the humble shall hear of it and be glad. Do a little work on that humble. It, it, it means there's it's a person that's it's, it's poor, but, but it's also talking about poor in spirit. It's a person that that that, that, that the, the humble and those are who contr- contrite. Contri- it's a person that puts him below other people. It's a person that's come to a time of brokenness. Because when people come to that point, when people have been where David is, and they hear what David, they're just going to smile because we know what you're talking about, David. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Because there's something about brokenness or something about hard times that will let us see God in a way that we've never seen. And for that, we can praise him at all times. I'm just going to close right there. Because maybe tonight you just need to stop and you need to praise God. I'm not in any way trying to diminish the issues that you're dealing with in your life. In no way am I trying to... Because I, I can't diminish what David was going through. But David was saying, even through my trials, I want to bless the Lord at all times. And there's power in that. And I just challenge you tonight, maybe you just need to just stop and begin to praise God and worship Him and get your focus on Him. I'm promising you it will begin to change you and it will change those around you. Just the atmosphere around you. You know, David says, let us magnify the Lord and exalt his name together. Let's just exalt his name together. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? You're just going to come at this time, and I'm going to ask you to stand at this time. And maybe God has spoken to your heart. And this is time is going to get up and play for us. and. I just encourage you, you need to come to the audience, you need to praise the Lord. you need to stop right there where you are. You need to raise your hands. If if, if that's what you feel led to do, say, God, thank you. God, I just magnify you. I just praise you, God. You may want to just say right now, God, my life's in a mess. God, it just seems like I'm right now in a place that, that everything's going sideways. But God, that doesn't change who you are. And I just want to praise you. Oh, bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come, let us exalt his name together. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? The altar's open, my friend. I invite you to come.